bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. Thank you for joining us today. I am your host, Michael Davis, and it's a good day to be here, and I'm so glad you joined us. If you would like to join the discussion, you can email me at sjcommonsense at gmail.com. I'll repeat that later on in the show, but today we're going to do one more episode on the neighborhood, and today is the the nitty-gritty kind of step-by-step things of how to create change in a neighborhood. Now, this is not going to be a step-by-step guide on, you know, how to get from point A to point Z, from where you're at to reality. I have talked about that in the past, but the fact is it can be daunting to see injustice and feel so helpless to doing anything about it. But as you may know, the premise is that we can create change. We can create justice in the local neighborhood, one neighbor and one neighborhood at a time. But how do you do that? How does that come about? And that's what we're going to talk about today. But today, again, I want you to think of this as more as some helpful tips rather than as how do I get from no justice to perfect justice but rather just some helpful tips along the way. It's going to be a huge help to you. So let's get into it. The first tip is to practice awareness. How do you create change in a neighborhood? The very first most important thing is practice awareness. I've come to believe that most of us live our lives in a state of sleep or stupor. We're completely unaware of what's going on around us. Uh, I work at a local uh, organic supermarket, and I uh, I do different jobs there, but for the last month I've been a cashier, and it's, it's kind of been eye-opening being a cashier because I've realized how unaware people are. I mean, it can be, there can be a line of five people at one line, no people at another line, And it can be very obvious that the line next to them is open. Maybe there's there's no closed sign, the light's on, somebody's standing there, and you literally have to speak up and wave them over and say, we're open. And people, almost as if you're waking them up out of bed, say, oh, okay, and then they shuffle over. We are so unaware of what is going on around us. And what we need to do is to wake up. Jesus, in the, in the Gospels of the Christian Bible, he often talked about living in a wakeful mode to being awake, waking up out of your slumber, waking up out of sleep, and being watchful and being aware. And that's the way we need to live our lives is aware. Practice awareness daily we should see what's going on around us. It's sad that we can see people suffering and at the same time be unaware that they're suffering. Have you ever had a time in your life where you've been suffering and you wish people would help you and you couldn't get anybody to see 
your suffering, no matter how obvious it was, well, don't be one of those people that misses it. Wake up. The next tip is to question. And I mean to question people and question everything. I'm always in a questioning mode. I'm always challenging my own, what I think is truth, my own beliefs. Uh, um, You know, I saw a bumper sticker one time that says, don't believe everything you think. You know, I'm always challenging what I think is truth because I don't want to live in a lie inadvertently thinking I'm living in the truth. We have to question everything. And there's two ways to do this. Uh, There's kind of two angles I'm coming at on this tip. The first is to question, uh, is to be in a questioning mode spiritually, physically, and societally. In other words, looking and questioning all the reality around you. Are there homeless people I'm missing, not seeing? Are there people who are sick? Are there people who are poor? Is there, is there uh, problems in society I'm not seeing? Are there, is there brokenness I'm not seeing? And is there change that needs to be made? Just always questioning. And that questioning, what it does is it causes you to wake up and to consciously see. And when I say see, I don't mean with your eyeballs. I mean to see with your mind what is going on around you. Because often we see with our eyeballs, but our mind still doesn't see it. The other thing we need to do to question is once we discover a problem in our neighborhood is we need to ask the other neighbors, what do they perceive to be the problem? Get their perspective. Because as, just to be honest with you, your perspective is not always right. Or maybe it's just narrow. And I'm speaking from experience because I've had oftentimes perspectives that weren't right. And I was being narrow minded at a given moment. But when you ask others in your neighborhood, this is the problem I see. What do you think? And they may open up your vision a little bit more. So practice awareness and question. Now, the third tip to seeing change in your neighborhood is speak to the one or the ones who are experiencing the problem. So if it's homeless, speak to the homeless themselves. Ask their thoughts. Figure out, you know, what do they perceive as the problem and the solution? Maybe it's single mothers in your neighborhood. Maybe it's low wage earners, people who are working hard but earning, not getting paid fair wages. Maybe it's small business owners who are suffering. I was talking to someone recently who's been working with small business owners, helping them get back on track after the whole COVID ordeal. And one of the things they told me is that they their eyes were open to just how deeply small businesses suffered during all of the restrictions and shutdowns during the COVID ordeal. And, you know, the fact is, no matter how much governors and government officials thought they were doing good, they deeply harmed, deeply wounded small business owners. And what this person is doing is speaking to those small business owners and helping them come up with the the solutions they need. But what they're doing is asking their thoughts, their opinions getting their perspective, and now they can really see what the real solution is. 
Now, if you don't hear anything else in this episode, I want you to hear this. When you sit on your couch at home and watch the news, I can guarantee you, you don't know what's going on. When you hear of a problem on the news, as you sit on your couch in your comfortable home, you don't know the real problem and you don't know the real solution. The only way you can know it is to get involved with those who are actually doing, going through the suffering. The fourth thing, fourth tip that we go through uh, to, to bring about change in our neighborhoods, thus hopefully bringing change in our world, is do not, absolutely do not try to save the world. It's not possible for you to save the world. Uh, you're not Jesus Christ. Uh, you're not, you know, some savior. You do not have the resources or the capacity to save the world. I've tried many times to save the world and it leads to burnout, frustration, and giving up. It's not possible. And trying to save the world is a is stressful to attempt and it ends in futility. Now, be honest with yourself. How many times have you tried to change and to save yourself and failed at it? And if you can't even change and save yourself, how do you think you can change and save the world? That's why I'm so focused on doing it within your neighborhood. That is doable. Beyond that, it gets really stressful and hard to accomplish. So we're going to practice awareness. We're going to question others and question our beliefs. We're going to speak to those who are experiencing the injustice. We're, going to, we're not going to try to save the world. Number five, the fifth tip is be content with where you are. Be content with where you are. It is a real temptation to always look beyond where you are, but just be at peace with where you are and trust others where they are. So if you are in one neighborhood of a big city, just focus on that neighborhood and trust people in the other neighborhoods to, um, to do their part. It could be that you are listening to this podcast. You can bring change in your neighborhood and maybe somebody two neighborhoods over is listening to the same podcast and they're putting these principles into action. And so you both are working on it. Just trust that journey. Trust the universe, as some people would say. Just trust. Trust God that he knows how to move people and get people in places to bring about change. It does not all depend on you or me. It, but it really is a real temptation to look beyond where you're at and to not be at peace with where you are. Uh, I think of one priest in Southern California, I may have mentioned him before, but there's a real gang problem in his neighborhood. So what he did is he opened up a ministry to help gang members get out of the gang life through jobs. So he created businesses in downtown Los Angeles and hires gang members no questions asked, except are they ready to work? And they get many, many have gotten out of the gang lifestyle. And you know where he works in that same neighborhood. He's focused on that neighborhood. Now he does travel around and speak, but his work 
is in that same neighborhood for, I think, like 30 years now or if not longer. But see, just bring about change, affect change right where you are. Number six, work with everybody. Now, I have said this in the past, but work with everyone. It is so important that everyone is at the table, especially those who are experiencing the injustice. But everybody, work with everybody. Do not exclude anybody. Now, uh, a note that I want to bring about is that when you involve everyone, the conversation will greatly expand. Okay, so this is something you need to be warned of because it will take you by surprise. When you have an original idea of how to bring about justice and then you begin involving others, they're going to expand the conversation greatly, and especially the more people you bring on board. And new information is going to come to light through those conversations and meetings, and the end of the matter is going to look much different than the beginning. But that's okay. That's completely okay. I've had many visions in my life, and as I began to work out that vision involve others, the, the end of the thing didn't look anything like what I originally conceived. But that's okay, because the end thing actually ends up better, because I'm just one person. I have a limited perspective. But when I bring other people's limited perspectives together, suddenly we come up with a complete perspective. Number seven, the seventh tip I want to give you today is be okay with making mistakes. Be okay with making mistakes. Um, in fact, I think it's necessary for you to make mistakes along the way. That's how you grow. Uh, I've made a ton of mistakes throughout my life in my work with the homeless, but that's how I grew and that's how I became good at it. A lot of people call me an expert, whatever, whatever that means. I don't consider myself one, but some people have me speak and I get have gotten invited over the years to engage me speak because I'm considered some kind of expert. But whatever that means, if I'm good at doing this, serving the homeless, it's just because I've learned from a lot of mistakes. I didn't re learn it by reading a book, but simply by trying, failing and trying again. That's how you get good at it. Now, of course, I encourage you to talk and spend some time with those who have been doing whatever you're involved with for a while. Maybe if you're working with helping people get paid better wages, maybe you're working with migrant farmers to have more just treatment and wages, then talk to people who've been doing it for a while, hang around them. But at some point, you just have to go for it. Next, number eight. Well, first, I'm going to back up to this last point because I want to share a mistake, a ma major mistake I made that I learned from. I had a car breakdown one time, and there was a homeless guy I knew that uh, knew how to do mechanical work on cars. So I said, hey, I'll pay you some money. I want you to work on my car. Great. Next thing I knew, my car was stolen. It was found in a thousand pieces somewhere far away. Lesson learned, okay, on that one, there were extra precautions, maybe, just maybe I should have taken on that one. 
you know, and I'm not saying all homeless people are thieves from that story, but what I'm saying is I was careless and I made a mistake and I learned from it. Okay. Number eight, the next step out of 10 steps I'm going to share today. The next piece of advice for creating change in your neighborhood is know that nothing is in your control. Nothing, absolutely nothing is in your control. And hopefully you know that by now, hopefully you've had enough situations in your life where, um, you thought you were in control and then things unraveled and fell apart and you realized, Oh, oops, I'm not in control. <laughs> okay. Nothing is in your control. So you can even bring about these st steps and try to affect change, but then something can come along and just completely wipe out the work you did. Now, I'm not saying that to discourage you from doing the work of justice. I'm just giving you a reality check. Ultimately, if you find success in creating justice in your neighborhood, it's because God made it happen. You were just the vehicle through which it happened. Number nine, the problem was here before you were and will be here after you're gone. The problem was here before you were and will be here after you're gone. For my specific experience, there were homeless people for thousands of years before I arrived on the scene, and there will be homeless people well into the future. Okay, it, don't fool yourself into thinking that God sent you to the earth to be the great solver of problems. It takes generations to solve the problem. When you, if you read the Bible, when you look in the Old Testament of the Bible, you see these corrections that the people of Israel need to make. And notice that those corrections happened over several generations. You, you see, are just one piece in a big puzzle. But what I want to encourage you to do is to be a faithful piece in that puzzle. A faithful piece in that puzzle. He used to be a pastor, um, a Protestant pastor, and... Uh, many times I got frustrated that I wasn't seeing better results than I was seeing. And then as I was reading the Gospels one day, I ran across something I knew was in the Gospels that Jesus had said, but it just hadn't sunk in. And it finally sunk in this one day where Jesus, after a person dies, he says, after you die, uh, if you're faithful to the task, I will say, well done, good and faithful servant. And it hit me at that time, Jesus did not say, well done, successful servant, or well done, awesome servant. How phenomenal were you at the task? No, Jesus just says, well done, good and faithful servant. So just be a good and faithful piece of the big puzzle. Number 10, and finally, the last tip for creating change in your neighborhood is trust God's providence. Trust God's providence. I was talking to a nun who's a sister of Providence, which if you're familiar with the Providence healthcare system, they're the ones that originally started that back in the 1800s, maybe. And one of the things this nun taught me to say, a prayer she taught me is, providence of God I trust in you. 
Just trust that God is the creator, not you. This is his universe. He can run it the way he wants. And if he wants things to go just a little bit frustrating for you, that's okay. Just because things get frustrating doesn't mean he has uncalled you to the task of justice. No, that call is always in vogue. Your, quote, calling to help those suffering injustice is not the end all. Who knows? Maybe the reason, and you, I, I want you to hear this because we're wrapping up the episode now. I want you to hear this. Maybe, just maybe, the reason why God has you doing this work of justice at all could be for your growth, not theirs. Maybe you're the one that needs a few problems solved inside of you. Maybe you're the one that's broken and needs fixed. Maybe, just maybe, you're the one that needs healing. Maybe you're the one that needs help. And by working towards justice for others, maybe that's how God has ordained it for you to get help is by helping others. Because when you help others, many things surface up inside of you that otherwise wouldn't come to the surface. Uh, uh, Junk inside of you may come up to the surface and as you help others, and then as it does, you can deal with it. I was thinking of Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa worked for decades with the outcasts, the, the, the lepers in Calcutta, India. And yet Mother Teresa had many dark spiritual moments in her journey with God. And what that did is it burned out a lot of junk inside of her and purified her, made her a saint, caused her to have to trust God more, gave her a stronger and deeper faith. And I would say that Mother Teresa would not have become the saint if she hadn't gotten involved in the work of justice for those lepers that brought up a lot of her own darkness that she needed to deal with. And then she became a saint of light. And so maybe in the end of all of this, maybe the work of justice is for you to find healing and for you to be the one to become a saint. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com.